Boldo, and we've got a really special guest joining us tonight, and I love tonight's topic. You're going to love tonight's topic because it's something that we all need to know about. But before we get started, I want to open with prayer. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for the viewers watching, Lord, and the multitudes that will be watching the replay. Father, we just pray that tonight, Lord, that as your truth, your message goes forth, Lord, that it would have such a global impact, Lord, and that the viewer will have peace in their heart anytime they get asked the question, why do they believe in Jesus? So Father, right now we just give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, and we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be your vessels to bring you glory in Jesus' mighty name, and amen. amen. So again, welcome to The Victorious Life. So tonight's guest is a mighty man of God. He is a mighty man of God. He is a physician assistant with over 20 years experience, and he's done many, many surgeries, including orthopedic surgery and neurosurgery. Yeah, he's smart. But best of all, he's my own brother, who I grew up with. This man has seen the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout my entire life. So it's a real honor to have you with us tonight, John. Lisa, Yay. thank you. Um... Let me say, I'm really proud of you. Um, you've come a long way, and the stuff that you're doing is fantastic. Uh, as your brother, I'm just very, very proud of you. Uh, so I, I got to tell yes. you that. Yeah. Boy, now I'm going to cry. I can't get emotional <laughs> at the beginning of the show, right? Oh, my gosh. Thank you, John. Sorry. You know, John, you flew in from Fresno, California to yeah. be with us tonight. Yes, I do. And honestly, for that, I am truly grateful, and I know that the viewer is also really grateful, and I'm sure Mom's really happy too. Yeah. So, so, I love tonight's topic, and as we dive in, the first thing I want to ask you, John, is, you know, in addition to being a physician assistant, you also volunteer at the Fresno Rescue Mission. Absolutely. So, what made you decide to volunteer there? Wow. Uh, the Book of James. The they, Book of James. They called me out. They called me out. So the Fresno Rescue Mission is one of those places that I give to monthly. And reading the Book of James, um, it talks about in chapter 1, verse 22, not you know being a doer of the Word. Mm. And then when you get into chapter 2, uh, it talks a lot about faith and acts. You know, what are you doing that represents your faith? And it kind of called me out. And I had to ask myself, okay, you write a check every month, and that sounds great, but what are you actually doing? So I went over to the Fresno Rescue Mission to find out exactly everything that was going on there and just had to be a part of it. Wow. Uh, and that's how it started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, John. So what in particular attracted you to the Fresno Rescue Mission? Uh, what was it about it, that? It was Christ-centered. Everything was Christ-centered. They, they take no government uh, money, so the government can't get their hands into You can say this, you can't say that. Uh, these men um, go through classes. Everything is a, is a study on Jesus Christ. And then they actually get a chance to get out into the working world and practice what they've been learning. John, is it, it changes lives. Sorry, is it just men or are there women too? They have a women's section of it. Okay. But I just work the men's, men's. section of it. Oh, yeah. wow. That is, that's wonderful. So what is your particular role there? So what happened was when I went there to see the place, I just knew I had to be involved with it. Okay. And I went to speak to the woman, Tina Searcy, and I said, I've got to be involved volunteering. She says, what would you like to do? And I said to her, I think I have the ability to speak. 
Mm. And she said, could you teach a class? And I said, uh, yeah. And she said, could you teach on how to study the Bible? I said, all day. And so she, uh, that's how it started. Wow. And then mm -hmm. during those how to study the Bible classes, we ended up, apologetics comes into play a lot. And these guys would ask questions that were really questions regarding apologetics. So wait, I need to stop you right there because mm -hmm. the viewer watching, and I know that I would have had the same question. Mm -hmm. What does the word apologetics mean? All right, so <laughs> it comes from scripture, 1 Peter 3.15. And in 1 Peter 3.15 it says, always be prepared to give a defense for the <gasps> reason for the hope that's in you. Do it with gentleness and respect. The word defense in Greek is apologia. Okay. So it's about defending your faith. That's, that's what it's about, is understanding how to defend what you believe. Okay, wow, yeah. that's very good. Okay, so now we get into mm -hmm. what exactly do you teach in this apologetics? It's a fascinating class. Um, we teach on, we, we try to keep it concentrated to the things that people will ask them about when, they, when these students get back into the secular world. So we talk about, um, if God's so good, why is there evil and suffering? Wait, uh, that is a, that's a question that people ask all the time. So what else? Uh, the Holy Trinity. We talk about, um, is, the, is the Bible reliable? Um, it goes on to many things, but the main purpose of it mm -hmm. is to under, see, I want these guys to know their why. And I'm always preaching that to them. Know your why. When, because when you get out there and you tell them that Jesus Christ made a difference in your life and they say why, mm -hmm. what are you going to tell them? Mm. If they have doubts about the resurrection, if they have doubts about the Trinity, are you going to be able to say something? You don't have to try to convince them, but just plant a seed. Now, would that be based on your own experience and maybe what Christ has done for you? Is that how you would come up with your why? What's your why, John? My <laughs> I need to ask him, what's your why, John? If you're going to ask my why, yes. uh, my why is the resurrection. Everything hinges on the resurrection. Mm. The, the resurrection is, is the kingpin. Um, it puts truth to the Trinity. It puts truth to the Holy Spirit. It puts truth to eternal life. Everything is based on the resurrection. If you can defend the resurrection, there's almost nothing that you cannot defend. Okay. If you understand some of the simple facts regarding the resurrection. Wow. Yeah. So do you feel like maybe it's not even enough to just say, you know, Jesus did this for me because others can't really always relate to what Jesus did it's for It's not you. enough because yeah. somebody that believes in something else, well, this did this for them. So it, right. it's, you know, you could have, you could have just the most mundane thing. I stared at this cup. And it just made me believe. I mean, you know, whatever works for somebody, but how do you defend Jesus Christ? Mm. That's really what it's about. You've oh, got to be good. able to defend your position. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. So, so can I give you a yes, little bit of it? please, please. All right. Talk to us. So if you're trying to talk about the resurrection, there's really three simple things that you need to understand. Okay. One, there was an empty tomb. When people first bring it up to me, the first question I ask is, where is the body? Mm. 2,000 years, every, the Jews knew, knew where the body was buried, or, or the tomb that it was in. The Romans knew where it was at. Yeah. Where is the body? You, you, you yeah. should be able to produce a body if there was no resurrection. That's good. Okay? True. Secondly, because you, know, because you have an empty tomb doesn't mean we have a resurrection. It just simply means we have a missing body. Right. But now we have witnesses. Okay? That's the second thing. One of the most powerful scriptures that you could possibly read is in 1 Corinthians 15, those first, like, verses 3 through 6, 3 through 8, just absolutely powerful. Here Paul is writing this, okay, at least, 
And, and what he's doing is he, he's talking about what the apostles went out and preached to the rest of the world. And it was very simple. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. And he resurrected. The, wow. Verse 3, verses 3 through 5 of 1 Corinthians 15. Wow. That's it. Now, in verse 6, you've got Paul saying, there's 500 eyewitnesses. If you don't believe me, you go check it out yourself. Yeah. Paul was an extremely intelligent man. If you read Galatians 1.14, you read about how he was on the fast track to being a Pharisee. This, was no, this wasn't a guy who just talked to talk. He, was, he went to the, the, basically the Harvards and Princetons of that day. That's right. where he got educated. Right, exactly. This was not a crazy man. Nope. When he's telling you there's 500 eyewitnesses, you go see him, wow. he's backing it up. Wow. He's challenging you That's to really challenge good. him. He's challenging you. That's so good. And the last thing is the transformations. Mm. You have apostles that Christ gets crucified and they scatter. They run. Now all of a sudden, they decide that they're going to preach the word and they will pay any price to be beheaded, to be wow. um, flayed open alive, Ooh. to be crucified upside down, to be speared. These guys ran away and all of a sudden this happened? Right. That doesn't, that's not normal because eyewitnesses, right. they don't die for a lie. That's right. Eyewitnesses don't die for a lie. Mm. And better yet, if you guys want some real interesting reading, and it's actually kind of motivational for me, mm. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28, when you see Paul, who is so zealous for, crucif for, for killing people wow. who believe Christian. in Christ, yes. all of a sudden... He goes through the things that he went through that you will read in verses 23 to 28 of 2 Corinthians 11, all right? When you see what he went through, there is nothing you can't go through and get past when you read what he went through for the gospel of Christ. Paul is my hero. Paul is the man. Paul is... Paul is the man. You know, and there's something too that, you know, Paul said in the Bible that if any other... If anyone preaches any other gospel to you other than what I have preached, yeah. he said, even if it be an angel from heaven, let that man or woman or angel be accursed. Let them be cursed. So, John, I It gets better. I, I, I'm watching the clock here because I, I, I could go no, on no, for no, hours. No, I could go on for hours. Your time. Go, right. go. Bring it. The timeline, because, okay, we're going to do a little apologetics here, all right? When people say that the Bible was written so far out, that may, there's so much stuff that can't be true. Check this out. If you look at Galatians 1, 15 to 19. Now let's look at the timeline. Christ buried, resurrected around 30 AD. Okay. Stephen is martyred around 33 AD. Saul, who becomes Paul, is also converted around 33 AD. Mm -hmm. When you read Galatians 1, 15 to 19, he's saying, I took a three-year hiatus, and then I went to go see James and uh, Peter. You mean Paul? Says, no, Paul, yeah, Paul says that. Paul says, right. he's writing because he wrote Corinthians. Oh, yeah. He said, I go to see James and Peter three years later. We're at about 36 AD right now, okay? And he, the investigation that he did with uh, Peter and James, all right, that, that mantra, that creed, that, that saying of he was crucified, that he died, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected, resurrected that's where he got this from. So wow. it is very possible, very likely, that what Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians, although uh, 1 Corinthians was written in 54, 55 AD, he's talking about a conversation that he had with Peter and James around 36 AD. Wow. That's powerful. That so anybody powerful. that's going to say to you, 
No, no, no. That was written too far way back. So, I mean, too far past Jesus Christ, and we don't know if it's accurate. It's accurate because legend can't be made up that quick. That's so Especially good. when there's eyewitnesses, because there's too many people that would have a testimony and go, that's false. That's yeah. not true. So, there's a ton of proof regarding wow. the resurrection. John, I love it. I Do you see how powerful this is? Now, listen, we may not all be able to explain it the way that John is explaining it, but I love what you're bringing tonight because... He's bringing it in such a sequence that it's biblical, right? And it's biblical, and, it right? Uh, of course, uh, I wouldn't have him on if it wasn't. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, he's a man of God. He's a mighty man of God. So, John, I just thank you for that. So, John, you know, you also yeah. talked about that you um, you teach a class on how to study the Bible. Yeah. Now, this is really important because a common question that I get asked quite frequently is, where do I start? Right? If I'm yeah. going to read the Bible. Where's the best place to begin? What do you recommend? So I'm going to ask you. I know what I believe, but what do you recommend? Uh, um, Book of John. Yes. Gospel of John. Well, I said yes, but listen, everybody might have their own place, but mm. I agree with you, John, 100%. Yeah, yeah the Book of John, the first three, cha the first three Gospels are yeah. more historical, especially mm -hmm. Luke. Very, very, a lot of historicity History. behind that. Yeah. But John, he is so concerned with the deity of Christ. I mean, when you start out a book with the word was um, that the word was with God and, and the word is God. I mean, you're you're right. You're bringing the deity of Christ right there. And if you still have any doubts, explain the word deity for because some of the viewers might not really, you know, that understand. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Okay. okay. And if you have any doubts on Please. it, when you go to chapter twenty, the very last verse in thirty-one, he says, "This was written so that you would understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God." Perfect. I mean, he can't make it any clearer mm -hmm. than that. There's um, there's six parables. Six of the eight parables that you read in John are not written in the other gospels, so there's something always new there. Some of the conversations that happen with John are phenomenal. My favorite. I mean, I could read this every day, but if you go to chapter eight. And go from 31 mm. to verse 59. Man, that is a conversation that it, it's powerful. Because it's, it's a heated argument. It's a heated argument that he's having. And at the very end in 59, when they're kind of doubting who he is, he says, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I am. Mm. When he throws the I am in there, mm. boom. Because what's going on is these people are relating this to Exodus 3.14 when Moses says, God, when they ask me who sent me, what do I tell them? And he said, I am sent you. He is basically declaring right then and there, I am. I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in line with God. Yeah. He, I am the son of God. That, he is declaring it yeah. right there. That, that I am is powerful. I love that, John. And you know what? I always say, right, you guys. That I hope watch I'm not videos, shouting. No, you're not. Hey, listen, Sorry. don't I do that all the time? And I go, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just really passionate. They know. Yeah. They, you, guys, you guys know me. See, in the... Likes are being thrown. You guys get it. So, um, you know, I agree with you. And the book of John, I always say it's so powerful because yeah. it's where Jesus came to say who he is, mm -hmm. right? And who we are in him. What, oh, John 14, 12, my, really, it's one of my absolute favorite verses that because Jesus said, the works that I do, you will also mm -hmm. do because I go to, and even greater works. Because yeah. I go to be with my father. I mean, we really need to meditate on that and get that and get that and get that. Go ahead. When you read John 13 to 16, 13 to 17, you're basically reading, you're reading four chapters out of the 21 chapters that are in there. You're reading about one night. That's 
so true. Yeah, you're reading about one night, and Giles going into it in detail. It's powerful. It's just, it's, powerful. it's just flat out powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Okay, so after reading the book of John, mm -hmm. where would you say for them to go next? Again, <laughs> I know what I would say, but I want to hear it from you. Just keep going. So this is the thing. Luke wrote Acts, okay? Then after Acts, you've got a whole plethora of books from Paul. Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He wrote yes. 13 of the 27 books. Mm. And again, as I told you earlier, Paul's the man. So anything you read from Paul is going to be powerful. But I will tell you this. Um, Romans is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Don't skip out on Genesis. Oh. Don't skip. Don't skip out on Genesis because you got to know where the beginning was, right? But we, you know, we both recommend going the Book of John mm -hmm. and then keep going because we live. You and I live in the New Testament, yeah. but it's really important then to go back to Genesis and, in particular, what chapter? Well, if you look at Genesis three, okay, we, yeah. we're going to get past the creation part. Yeah, and. In, in my version, my Bible, I have 589 chapters. I got 66 books. Mm -hmm. Okay. The third chapter, we have our first sin and we have a confrontation between the serpent mm -hmm. and God. And here's God telling the serpent, telling Satan, the seed from this woman is going to crush your head. Ooh. In chapter four, we have our first murder. I mean, this any movie is like, yeah, this is this is pretty okay. Let's see what happens here. Mm -hmm. And throughout the whole, the whole Old Testament, if you just kind of follow the seed that's, that 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 Satan is concerned about. When you say the seed, because mm -hmm. it does say the seed, but you're talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ, exactly. Right. So if you follow it all the way through, it's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. Wow! 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 So, John, I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you, because obviously you're very passionate about the Word of God, just, just like I am, and like so many, what is your favorite book of the Bible? Well, you actually did say it's... It's, it's John. It's John. Um, one of the things that I teach, well, because I teach a men's class, mm -hmm. um, I tell all my guys, but this is actually great for women too, but I, Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament is powerful. Because men especially have this thing about that they want to will their way to success and mm. will their way to things. Here we have the smartest man in the world. We have the richest man in the world, all tied up in one. Solomon. Solomon. So it's Solomon. Solomon. Okay? So in Ecclesiastes, he's right. He did everything that you could possibly do with the wealth that he had. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he goes, it just wasn't worth it without Christ, without God. Praise God. So if the smartest man and the richest man in the world can't do it, why am I to think that I can do it? And I try to impress that on my students. Mm. The other thing is uh, the book of James, because it's just in your face. It's 109 verses. It's simple to read, but it'll challenge you. Yeah. It, and men need to be challenged. Yeah. And women, women if too. you want to understand your men, maybe you read those two. <laughs> I don't know. And I guess, can we say, women, if you want your men to understand, do you read the book of James? Yeah. Yeah. James Ecclesiastes, absolutely. But, but John's the book. John, to me, anyways, is the book. Yeah. So, John, you and I talked yesterday, um, you know, we had a conversation about mm -hmm. being born again. Yeah. And you really had some great insight about this. And Thanks. So, I'd love to hear, you know, maybe some of your comments sure. or your, your thoughts on being born again, which yeah. you need to be born again. Talk about why. The most famous scripture in the Bible is... John 3.16. John 3.16. Mm -hmm. Okay. But... If you can if you can read the first 15 verses leading say to what 16. John 3, say what it is John 3:16 for God so loved yeah, the world Yeah, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe would have eternal life. So I may be paraphrasing that a little bit but because it's Right, right. Yeah. Okay. 
But the conversation that goes on with Nicodemus, that's when we first hear about born again. In chapter 3, he's telling them, you will not see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Now, hold on one second. Nicodemus, for those who may not be sure, was, was a the rich young ruler. No, no, no. Oh. Old, older, Sorry. richer Pharisee. No, that's okay. I know who okay. you're thinking of, but no. The one who came to him at night and said, what do I need to yeah, do to be born again? He wasn't young and rich, probably. Oh, that wasn't probably funny. older. Probably older. It doesn't say older or younger, but probably older. Um, See, correction from my big Sorry. Isn't that great? Um, <laughs> I love it. But Nicodemus, he'd been there. He'd been a Pharisee for a long time. Um, he goes there, and he's in the, going there in the middle of the night, like mm -hmm. you said, mm -hmm. all right, because he doesn't want to be seen. Right. But if you see what he says, he says, we know you are a great teacher. Yes. And he's kind of, the fact that he's saying we instead of I, He's representing the Pharisees. He's not there representing himself. Because if it was about him, he'd have said, I. Mm. So that's very telling right there. Mm. But then, in, in verse 3, here's Jesus. He sees right through it. Right. And he just punches him in the gut with, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. Yeah, that's right. It's powerful. That's right. It's powerful. So, mixed up my and, what he's saying, yeah. and what he's saying all the way up to this point and, and, and on is, if you think I'm just a great teacher and that's all I am, you're missing everything. Wow. You're missing it all. That's so good. Now, this, was, this is the beauty of it, though. In uh, verse 14 and 15, okay, what Jesus does is he knows that he knows Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He knows that he understands the first five books mm -hmm. of the Bible like it's the back of his hand because that's what he's trained to do. He's a teacher. He's a rabbi. Yes. And he brings across numbers chapter 21 verses 8 and 9 because he knows Nicodemus is going to know what this says and he says just as Moses lifted up the snake so shall the son of man be lifted up so those who believe will have eternal life it, I'm paraphrasing a little bit it all depends on the Bible that you read but that's the basic thing that he is saying so good right mm -hmm. he knows and what he's saying to Nicodemus at that point is let me give you something to chew on man you chew on this for a while and then mm -hmm. he goes into 316 mm -hmm. now this is what's Lisa this is what's fascinating we see Nicodemus two more times See, people don't know what born again actually means. Yeah, well, I did okay? a 12-minute video on it, and it's powerful. But if you want to find out the example of it, yeah. it's Nicodemus. Wow. So now in chapter 7, we hear from Nicodemus where here's the Jewish council saying, how are we going to get this Jesus Christ and bring him into court? And now Nicodemus is probably the only one who's spoken to him. Nicodemus says, maybe we should bring him in and talk to him. Hmm. And the Pharisees are saying, right. wait a minute. Shut up, sit down, and they kind of laugh at him a little bit. But I think what Nicodemus was probably saying to himself at that time is, you know, I kind of like the guy when I spoke to him. Maybe you guys will too, but he didn't want to say that out loud. Right. So he kind of threw the power of suggestion out there. It didn't work for him. Mm. Next time we see him, chapter 19, verses 38 to 40. And this is where we understand born again. Because mm. Nicodemus, with Joseph of Arimathea, he is taking that body down. He is wrapping it in linen. He's putting the oils and the mirror and, the, and, the, and all the stuff that they do back then, right? They took the body of Jesus mm -hmm. down from the cross. Yes. Now, how do we, why does that tell us anything? Because that was woman's work. Hmm. Men did not do that type of job back then. For a Pharisee to do wow. that? Come on, man. That's huge. No, because what he did was the pride and arrogance that he brought with him in that, that night when he first spoke to Jesus. Wow. All right? He, you now see that is all melted away because he just decided to do what a woman would do. Although he's a Pharisee, he got rid of the pride, he got rid of the arrogance. He's an example of being born again. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. the story of Nicodemus. That People miss so that. Good. They, they miss that, but that that's big. John, that, that's thank big. you. So you know, I love 
you know, I always say, John, John's in medicine. I like to keep things simple like kindergarten, but what I love about John is that even though you, you know, you practice medicine and he's can be analytical, but man, when he tells stories, listen, every family party that we ever have, John is the center because he knows, okay, now I'm just bringing brother, sister stuff, because he knows how to tell, a, you're, you're a great storyteller. I mean, my gosh, he just made the Bible come alive like a movie with different things. I mean, you covered a lot in just a 20 minute period, but okay, really, well, thank you. No, you did. I mean, it was great. And so you definitely, you know, you want to be born again. And I always say, you know, I've got a 12 minute video where I really go into detail, break it down. But for those of you who have never been born again, I really want to take you through that, you know, tonight because once you're born again, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ and your past is gone. It's just yeah. completely washed away. You have no more sins of the past. God, oh my gosh, that's what Jesus came to do. He took away the sins of the world. So where are the sins of the world? Can I say something? Yes, more? please. If you're going to keep a hold of your sins, mm. you, why did he die on the cross? Oh. There was no reason to die on the cross if you're going to keep a hold of your sins. Let that go so that his crucifixion is meaningful. Woo, That's man. all you got to know right there. We could say, boom, drop the mic right with that. Oh, my, my. John, that was awesome. It's true. So for those of you who never have made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to take you through a simple prayer, but I really want you to mean it with your whole heart because you know what? God knows if you mean it anyway. But if you want to be born again, you want to ask Jesus to come in and be the Lord of your life and take over, right? That means letting him be the king of your life and following his direction. And then, of course, you want to renew your mind. You know, step one is getting born again. Step two, you've got to renew your mind with the word. Otherwise, nothing changes except your spirit. Your spirit is made instantly perfect, but your mind, your soul has to catch up. So I'm going to take you through this and just repeat after me and just mean it with your whole heart. And thank God, you know, you can go back and if I go real quick or something, you can watch the replay and, you know, do it again. But just say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And remember, if you're already born again, you're called a saint. You're not no longer a sinner. But Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross and paid for my sins forever. And I believe that God the Father raised you again on the third day. I know you are alive now and that you live forever. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart right now and change my life forever. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. In your holy name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. And I would say, welcome to the family of God if you prayed that and you meant it. Now the next step is going to be renewing your mind because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, right? Hearing the word of God. Listen, you can listen. I'm saying, I'm going, listen, read and listen. You've got to, you've got to. But John, any last uh, words that you'd like to close with? Yeah, um, what you just said. Um, when you read Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he talks about the imperishable seed that's been planted in you. Mm. You know, there's only one way to make that seed grow, and that is through reading the word. Yeah, there is, I'm you know, you, you put you put seed in the ground, you know, you need the nutrients from the ground, you need water to come in, that's how that seed grows. There's a seed that's inside you. Yeah. And the whole idea, you have a soul, you have a seed. When you read Hebrews 4, 12, he talks about that sword that comes and splits the two. 
And because he, he doesn't want he doesn't want his spirit connected with your emotion, your will, and your intellect. He wants his own separate space that he wants it to grow oh, so that it can overtake good. the soul, and it can be the primary decision maker. Wow. When you can make that grow to that point, mm. now we have something. So read the Word of God because it is the only way that that seed gets nutrition and, and listen, grows. And listen, Get hearing, that. reading, hearing, their eye gate, your ear gate, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. then you got to watch the words that come out of your mouth. But like you said, I love what you just said, because when that word takes root it's true. and it grows and grows and grows, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Now that'll get rid of depression and emotional junk real quick, won't it? Yeah. 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 So praise God. John, we're just about out of time, but I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for being with us. Honestly, this has been, it's been amazing. It's been great. It's We've been, amazing, we right? talked about this two months ago, um, and it's nice that it finally came to fruition. Um, Lisa, I'm so proud of you. I can't say that enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you, uh, it was pretty I, ugly there for I, a lot of years. Look, I, I'm her older brother. I, yeah. I know, I know it all. Yeah. And, um, Lisa's a testimony of what she's preaching. There so. is a time. There was a time. Yeah. I remember, you know what? And I can just be bold, you know, I mean, my gosh, I remember there was a time in high school I was kind of getting off the wrong path as a senior. And, you know, John would come home and say, where's the little pothead? <gasps> and I just, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I got to be real, right? I got to be transparent. And I wasn't, I really wasn't like a pothead. But I, you know, friends, socially, you know, I mean, I did. But you were good. Like, he never did any of that stuff. He was, honestly, the yeah, best I big brother. I don't know he why. He might have drank I, once I, in a while, I, but I not even. Clean, he yeah, did. He stayed clean, He did. He was a great big brother, but I was rebellious. So he and I, we we really, we had a lot of... Um, headbutts. A lot of headbutts. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of fights, a lot of arguments. But you know what? This is a testament to, to just how when you give yourself to the Lord... Things change. I see Evangelist Robert watching us. Hi, Robert. He was my guest last week. So, and hello to the rest of you as well. I just, you know, we're closing up, but I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. This was so powerful, John. I love how you brought it. I mean, he brought it. Boom. You know, we've got all the likes coming through and uh, the hearts. So, thank you again for tuning in, and uh, we'll be with you again. Hopefully, really soon. I'll be able to come yes. back. Yes, he'll absolutely be invited back. So. I love you. I bless you in Jesus' name. And remember Ephesians 1.3. If Jesus is your Lord, you're already blessed. So I'll talk with you again real soon. All right. Love you. Good night.